Episode 124, Joint or Separate Bank Accounts. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And it's nice to be back with all of you after a week off. Um, Thank you all for your grace in that week. Um, I was actually in Milwaukee, and Tony was home here with the kids, so there was really very little way, being on two different time zones, um, very little way that we would have been able to get the podcast done. So we do appreciate We could have if we wanted to do something like free conference calling, but we just it was just so busy with what Elisa was doing out there with her Leah Sophia conference, me having the kids. Didn't work out. I do want to apologize to all of you for the last episode, 123. The sound quality was off. It was off. It was muffled. And I just want to apologize and say sorry for that because everything sounded fine when we were recording. And once we were done, I went back and listened and I tried to do some things to make it sound crisper. Couldn't. We worked on it tonight. Hopefully this sounds much better. I don't know what happens sometimes. I don't mess with the dials from week to week. But as you know, over the course of two and a half years and 124 episodes, it's just weird. Sometimes we get funky things that happen. So I do apologize for that. So we're back. Um, This is actually the second or third night in the last 10 days that Tony and I have been in the same house together. Um, So we're happy to be spending some of that time with you, but more importantly, spending that time um, across the mics from each other. It was really interesting. Um, Last week I got off the plane around three o'clock two thirty, three o'clock and Tony and I have our small group on Wednesday nights so really just went straight from you know being in Milwaukee doing the whole Leah Sophia thing shifting gears and coming right back to sharing stripped down um, with the folks in our small group and, and specifically planned my flight so that I'd be back in time for the small group and last week we were talking about um two chapters in the book. We always do two chapters a week in the small group. But the second chapter that we were talking about was financial intimacy. And this is a chapter that really challenges a lot of couples on a number of different levels. Um, the, the first thing is, is that we all come into marriage with whatever financial upbringing we were raised with. You can't help it. And whether you had parents who were savers or parents who were spenders or parents who talked about money or parents who never talked about money, all of that kind of gets jumbled up. And then suddenly you say, I do to a person who may or may not have the same financial beliefs as you. Right. And that can be very tricky. And it's one of the big ones that probably should be talked about before you get married. So all of you singles out there, all of you engaged folks out there, this is to you. If you have somebody in mind that you want to be your spouse, you need to talk about your finances well before the wedding day because it's going to make the transition much easier. Now, I'm not talking about joining your accounts before then or setting up house before then. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you need to be discussing it openly and freely so you know what each of you are getting into because it's not going to just change on your wedding day. Oh, absolutely not. And it, that was you know, one of the things that we heard, we've heard from couples over the years 
Um, and it was interesting that last week, this was, these were the two chapters that we were going over in class. We were going over Let's Talk and uh, Money Matters. Mm-hmm. And then we received this email uh, that I'm going to share with you guys um, from a, a wife. And she says, sometimes it just takes a different perspective to help move th- things along. I was wondering, what is your take on separate bank accounts? My husband is the sole breadwinner and has been for most of our marriage, but I've been the one to handle the finances. Lately, it seems to bother him that I check the account so frequently because he's never able to surprise me with anything. I just graduated from college, so I'll be seeking employment and all of my kids are school-aged. Would it make sense to have his, mine, and our accounts to avoid these conflicts? Um, loaded question. And one that we love to tackle. We we did this a similar episode early on. Uh, we did we've talked about checking accounts before, but mm-hmm. it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And based on the conversation we had last week in our group, and based on this email coming again, we kind of feel it's time to go back to what do you do about your finances? And um, you know the responses are going to be all over the place. And some of what we're going to say tonight, you guys are not going to like. I'm just going to lay it out there. It's going to be one of those episodes that, you know, some of you are going to go, oh, that's okay. If we miss the boat in your marriage, just, you know, comment below and tell us what you think or what's working for you guys. I think the big thing overall is comment. So you're going to go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com and give us your feedback Mm -hmm. because we know that this can be a very decisive area for many of you. Right. And... The way that all of us can grow and learn is by you participating and telling us and the one community where you stand. Mm -hmm. Don't need to get all hostile on us, but you can definitely share. Share your opinions, not your emotions. Yes. We're going to go that way. Now, just a little bit on Tony and Elisa so that you guys know where we're coming from. Um, We have been married going on 16 years this October. Mm -hmm. And for our household finances we have always had joint checking accounts. Right. We have businesses that are independent of that household finance, uh, but our everything from paying the rent to car payments to fund money and vacation money, that all is coming out of one joint checking account. Right. And, and so for us, it does get a little interesting because of how we have things set up. So we have the one joint account for our household. I have the dent dude, which is the main income. So that has its own checking account. Elisa is a signer on that account though. Mm -hmm. So she does have access to that. She can see it. It is on our online banking. She knows how much money is there. She can view it. Elisa has her Leo Sophia. That is a, an account that only she has. But Tony is a beneficiary, so in the event that anything were to happen to me, right. he can also access that account. Right. And I personally, it does not bug me that she has that account. It is her business, and it has been since the day she started. Mm-hmm. So I always look at that as it's Elisa's business. We discuss what's happening. I don't ask what's happening monetarily in there. And, and money does transfer I do bring money from that account into the joint joint account when we have our budget conversations once right. a month. Um, you know, there are other, one of the other things that we did to make life easy for us was we set up separate savings accounts for some of our larger 
goals. Mm-hmm. Um, not the short term, like, you know, we want to you know get new tires next week. It's no, we are looking to purchase a new vehicle. So in the past we've had, you know, separate, you know, our car savings account. Um, you know, we do have an emergency fund, which is a separate savings account mm-hmm. that is, you know, easily accessible in the event of an emergency. But one of the things that we actually did was we moved that from the institution that has our primary checking account to a separate institution. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was you probably, any of the you that have listened to our financial podcasts over the last two years, know that at one point in time it got really easy to move money from the emergency fund to the primary checking to you know cover those little things. And so now that it sits separately, it's a little more labor intensive. Right. But we've also been a lot more diligent on our finances, so we haven't needed to cover. Funny how those two things go hand in hand, diligence with your money. Right. Um, but for us, it was never a question. Like, I don't remember ever having a conversation. Are we going to have a joint or separate checking account? What it comes down to me, and I, I wholeheartedly feel this way from the beginning when Elise and I got married. If I was getting married to this woman and I was trusting her with me, I would be able and should be able to trust her with my money. And at that point in time, when we first got together, we were dual income, no kids. We are dinks. I mean, we are both working. We are both contributing to the family, our family finances. Mm-hmm. But there was never once where I felt a lack of trust in Elisa and that she was going to wipe, wipe out the checking account. I never had that sense. And, mm-hmm. and probably... Vice versa. It wasn't a sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be no money there. Now, did we have issues at times when there was less money there than expected? A yes. statement would come across and it's like, well, why did you spend 200 bucks or 300 bucks or even 50 bucks back then when we weren't making much money on XYZ? Mm-hmm. What I will say is that even though that was a tough experience at times because you had to confront or I had to confront her or she confront me, what it did was it fostered communication between the two of us because it wasn't hidden. It wasn't my account, me doing what I want with it or her doing what she wanted with it. We had to learn to communicate Mm -hmm. and ask questions, not in hostile ways, but we had to figure out what was happening there. And that helped us grow in our financial intimacy. Yeah, to the point now where we talk about money pretty regularly. Yeah. Not, not in this like, oh, we need more money. We need more money. It's just like, this is what's going on. And this is, you know, this is what we've got coming up. This is what we budgeted for. Here's, you know, this bill came in less or whatever it is. Um, another thing that we've done just as an aside is we don't carry credit cards. So for us, we don't have that shuffle of having to not anymore. Well, we did. Right. Right. We haven't had a credit card for 10 years, 10 years. Um, but we played that shuffle game and with that shuffle game, you know, I know for a lot of couples that have the separate accounts, if you're going to carry credit cards, it makes it easier just to have your own, you know, a lot of couples find that it's easier. Well, if I'm going to carry a credit card, if I'm going to be paying, you know, having my own fund money, and so what we've done with our budget is we've built in fun money. Mm-hmm. So there's no deprivation 
uh, well, I don't get to do anything because it's all tied up in a budget. We have a spending plan for our money and we actually do refer to it as a sh- our plan because that's what it is. We're telling our money what it's going to do instead of getting to the 20th of the month and, and having our money say, guess what? I'm all gone. Mm. See you in 10 days. Um, but having that built-in fund money and that's it, that kind of goes to what this listener was talking about. You know, her husband gets worried because he wants to do stuff. Well, and we actually posed her question to our small group last week um, and said, you know, what do you guys think about this? And the answers were, well, if they both had a set, you know, amount of fun money that they could spend each month, then, then that would cover those surprises or that would cover, you know, those unexpected um, treats that he wants to do for her. Right. And I, I think that's a, a great thing for us. We call that fund our blow our blow money. And that comes straight from, I think, Dave Ramsey. or I'm we made, sure. Or we made that up. I, I, don't I don't remember. But it always been called our blow money. And that money is used for typically whatever we want it to be for. So I could use it on cycling gear. I could use it on fitness gear. I could use it on whatever I want. You know, that may include me buying something fun for Elisa. You know, but I budget that out. And, you know... For somebody who is going, hey, you know what? I want to have, I want to have the ability every month to just splurge on my wife, or my husband. Come together and figure out what that amount is. Mm-hmm. Is it just you know a little something simple and fun? Is it a ten dollar deal, you know, or is it a fifty, seventy five, a hundred dollar deal? Right. It's what works for you guys. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, one thing I do want to say that. I like about the hour account and we had good friends years ago who did it. They had separates. Well, I remember talking to the husband and what came down to the end of the month, it was her bills, his bills, our bills. And they were trying to figure out how to split it up evenly down the center. So it caused so much havoc because they wanted it to be equal. They were paying the exact same amount on the bills. And oh my gosh, it's so it, much It was to the point where the one that was handling the finances would basically provide an itemized list of all of the expenses for the month to the other spouse. And I remember seeing this, you know, we were over at their house one time. I'm like, what's this? And when I found out what it was, I think my jaw hit the ground because that just, that was a choice that we had opted not to pursue, you know, and we, and we heard as we've talked over the last two years, three years on finances with couples, um, those of you that have joint accounts are very strong in the, it it forces us to talk to each other. It promotes unity. Um, and so we've heard that, and that is something that we, that we subscribe to. Mm-hmm. That being said, over the last two and a half, three years of talking to couples about finances, we've heard from a large number of you that have talked about having separate accounts. And there was a book, I'm trying to remember the name of the book, the one that we um, did a review on, gosh, probably about a year ago. It was the one that, for uh, women that were getting married later in life. Oh, yeah. I, have to, I was right around the time we went to Boston. That's how I know it was about a year ago. And what was that book? I can't remember. Yeah. If you look back to, you know, July or August of 
2011. One of these days, we're going to catalog all our podcasts. Yeah. Anybody wants to take that on, let us know. Um, It'd be a true blessing. But, you know, this book was talking about women who were getting married later in life. Yeah. And like in their 30s. 30s and beyond. Yeah. Who had established careers. You know, maybe they were getting married for the second time. Maybe they were, you know, there was just a lot of, they were at a different point in time in their life. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Tony and I got married when we were 22 and 23. So I do. Puppies. Youngsters. Kiddos. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I keep telling my kids they're not getting married until they're 30. Um, no, I wouldn't change a thing. But I think that was part of what colored our world, that we just got married so young. And yes, we were both working, but it wasn't like we were making a heck of a lot of money at that time. Right. I mean, it was, it's almost comical if you look back on, <laughs> we thought we'd arrived and we were barely making ends meet. But you know, in reading this book and in talking to couples who have gotten married later in life, I do understand some of the arguments because there's a lot more individual history when you get married in your 30s and 40s. You've established a lot, you know, you've, you're established in your career, you're established um, financially a lot more than we were in our early 20s. And, you know, there are, for a lot of couples, that, that is a hard thing to give up. And it becomes one of those conversation pieces. Again, all of you singles and engaged listening to us, I don't care if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s. You still have to talk finances, whether you're going to have separate or joint accounts. And you have to really consider what's going to be best and where your intentions are. You know, are your intentions behind the separate accounts to not be fully unified with your spouse? Is that I'm not going to be 100% in because I'm going to keep you know, that one foot out of the marriage just in case. Yeah. It's almost that, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to have this. I got my money all taken care of my money and it'll be cleaner and I don't have to worry about that. I'm telling you, if you're going into a marriage like that or your marriage is like that right now, let me tell you the likelihood of you getting a divorce is probably going to increase by a hundred percent. I don't know if that statistic is right, but you know, when your mind is already at the point before you even really get into it, that I'm keeping this separate just in case something happens, let me tell you, something is going to happen in your marriage. Guaranteed. It's going to rain. Mm-hmm. May not rain tomorrow, may not rain next week, but it's going to rain. And so by having that separate account, that, like Elisa said, is one foot out the door and one way easier. If that's what your intention is. If that's what your if intention your is. If your intention is to, to insulate yourself from future problems, then I question whether or not you should even be getting married. Mm-hmm. If you two have been able to come to some kind of unifying agreement on how finances are going to be handled and you choose to have the separate accounts but there is unity about it. You're not issuing each other bills at the end of the month saying, well, you owe me for this or, you know, you've really hammered out who pays for what and it works. While that wouldn't work for the two of us, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I, I do think it comes down to intent mm-hmm. on how you handle your finances. And for those of you that have separate accounts, I would love to know how you discuss your finances. How do you, Excuse me, how do you discuss things like, you know, vacations and discretionary spending and things like that? 
you know, if there's some kind of joint spending that's outside of the framework of, you know, the big ones like food and utilities and cars and housing. My thing is, here's the thing, and I understand what you're saying, but it's very difficult to have separate accounts, especially if you have a stay-at-home parent, male or female, because the the parent who's home, Mm -hmm. who is not making an income, is going to feel like crap when they go open up a checking account and it has 50 cents in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I because think most, I, 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 I just, I, I, I think it gives the wrong impression and the wrong intent in the marriage because the person who's making the money is using that as a way to control the other spouse. Well, I think most of the cases, and I could be wrong, those of you listening out there, but I think most of the cases where couples have separate accounts there, it's a dual income marriage. I don't, I think the stay at home parent, you know, in that marriage where there's a stay at home parent, I don't, from what I've heard from folks, those are mostly joint account marriages. Okay. Only because where's that other income coming from? You know, most of the time when there's a separate, when people want to keep their accounts separate, they've got two incomes feeding into separate checking accounts. True. And then, then they decide, well, is that going to go into one joint account for the big things? And then we have our own fun money on the, you know, however that works. Okay. Well, you take, for instance, our emailer here, right? She's talking about, okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Okay. You, let's take, for instance, her situation. There's one account. He's making the money, but it's all laid on her to take care of it. And he's getting upset. So what I would say is in this situation, Mm -hmm. there needs to be more communication happening. And I definitely believe that they need to have a spending plan that allows for some play money. Absolutely. So that if he wants to go buy her something, then he can. I I don't know the whole situation. You know, we don't have the entire, you know, book of what their financial intimacy looks like. Mm -hmm. But I can only imagine that it's, the check comes in, she's handling all the bills, he's getting upset at the end because he's unable to spend some money or he wants a surprise her and because she's checking it. Right. And, and one of the other suggestions um, that the couples in our small group made here was if, you know, if they do have this discretionary income built into their account, you know, he can go to the ATM. Like if he knows he's got $100, he could go to the ATM, withdraw the $100. Right. She doesn't know where that's being spent. You know, so he has that um, that surprise factor. It's not like she's seeing a, a, you know, gift certificate for a romantic dinner or, you know, something on Groupon or, you know, that type of stuff. It's, you know, he went and took out $60 from the ATM and, oh, look, now we're, we've got date night. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I didn't know that was coming. So, that you know, you took $100 out, but we had already had the conversation that you can take out 60 or $100. Um, yeah, and I would just get that. To get that spouse. money in cash. Yeah, just give it to your spouse at the beginning of the month so you don't have to even think about it. Another thing I want to hit on here is she says, it seems to bother him that I check the account so frequently because he's never able to surprise me with anything. Why are you checking it so much? Mm. What, 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 what are you nervous about that you're checking your account so much? Is it that you're living on the edge and you're worried about bouncing checks, not having enough money in there because... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know 
what right. that might be. So what it sounds to me is that, again, there's no spending plan in place, or if there is, it's very loose. So uh, we tend to get into these habits, and I know I catch myself doing this too, in this digital age. We check things way too dang much. It's like, I got to check Facebook every five minutes, or I got to check my account you know, I have run into this, so I can speak on behalf mm-hmm. of this. You know, there have been times in my business over the last four years when the, the economy has taken a dive that I'm sitting there going, what's it going to be? And I'm, and I'm looking just sort of making sure everything's rolling okay. But at the same time, if this is your personal account. Why are you checking it so much? And do you have maybe an emergency fund set up? Is there some is there some form of insecurity going on because you know once that money's gone it's gone we got nothing else I don't know I know for us what really helped for Elisa anyways and for myself to some extent was growing that emergency fund mm-hmm. knowing that if something major in our household and I'll say major is something over a thousand dollars say if something over the $1,000 were to hit us tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me one bit. Right. Because I know I have my emergency fund there. Yeah, does it, is it, does it hurt? Like, oh, I got to spend 1000 bucks to get a brand new, I don't know, refrigerator because ours blew up. Yeah, because you're, you're not really expecting it. But I don't really sweat it. And I don't think Elisa does either because we know we have money in our emergency fund. That's what it's there for. And that in itself has allowed Elisa and I to not check our personal account so much. I don't even look at our personal account, you know? Yeah. I, I don't I really don't even look at I it. I mean once we were able to um really get our spending plan dialed in and you know, those of you that have listened to us um for any period of time, you know that last January, so January two thousand eleven, um I had to face the music when I had drastically overspent at Christmas and with Tony and I both being self-employed, um, you overspend and it's coming out of the, you know, money in the businesses during December when it's traditionally a slow time for both of us. Um, there may not be those funds there. So you have to really cut your budget (laughs) slice and dice. Anything that wasn't a necessity got cut out in January, 2011 and we've been able to work that stuff back in, but it really forced us to say, you know what? You got lazy. And I'm not saying that Tony got lazy. I'm saying we as a couple got lazy about our finances. Yeah. We weren't having sure discussions did. about it. We were just kind of floating. I was taking care, you know, I would tell him once a month, here's how much money I need for the month. He would transfer it over into the account. Boom. I'd pay the bills. I'd, you know, slough a little here. I'd do this. And, you know, the next month I'd be like, okay, well, here's how much I need. And that was the extent of our financial conversations. And we were running under a joint account. Right. You know, again, we were running under, under a joint account. I want to bring something up real quick because I, I put this up on Twitter and Facebook before we started mm-hmm. and we, we just got a couple in that I just want to share. So from Hot Holy Humorous, she says, had separate when first married, joint when one of us started school and only one salary to continue contend with. Never went back. So okay. joint when one of us started school. So sounds like they got married. They're probably both working. 
one of them went to school, joined the accounts because it's similar to what you were saying with the stay-at-home parent. Boom, never went back. Amy Guilford, on the other hand, said separate, but we know each other's passwords. Okay. So So that's a way for them to check in. Um, On Facebook, we have James and Lisa Hartley saying joint. Jessica Barboza, joint. Never understood the purpose of a marriage with separate accounts. It just seems to insinuate mistrust and division. So here's some, here's some, you know, different, different opinions, different opinions, different ways. I I do got to give credit because I didn't even think of what Amy mentioned was, Hey, we have separate accounts, but we know each other's passwords. And that's something that whether we're talking your finances or we're talking your social media accounts, or we're talking anything that could be a critical point in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, folks. Full disclosure. If you're married to this person and you made the commitment to stand in front of them and say, I do, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because that just keeps the honesty and the integrity level, you know, pretty high. Because if they can access your checking account, if they can see what's going on, you're not going to be doing any of that slippery stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I. I, I can get into anything that Tony has and vice versa. And if he asked me for a password, I mean, he knows, he knows all the ones, you know, if he, if he has to ask me for a password, now I got to go and think about it because I'm thinking, which password does he not know? Um, you know, and this also comes up to tithing. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you tithe on that money? For Elise and I, we know the money comes into one account. We tithe out of that account. How are you tithing when it comes to that? Do, do you do it separately? Do you tithe to church? I mean, or do you, are you under the impression that, you know, I tithe to an organization? I, I don't, I don't know. That, that's a question. Yeah. And that's a question I've never heard answered from a, you know, a couple of separate accounts. Um, and would love to know how do you handle tithing? Yeah. Again, for us, we, we chose to go simple. Yeah, and, and, and back to our emailer and, and, and answering her question. For me, I, I don't think you go into having separate accounts. You, you know, her, her question is, would it make sense to have his, mine, and our accounts to avoid these conflicts? Right there at the, at the end of that question is avoid these conflicts. No. You cannot avoid these conflicts. You need to go after them head on and start asking questions and and working through this together instead of just sort of like going, okay, we'll just go this way. Just go get separate accounts so we don't have to deal with this conflict anymore. Let me tell you, another conflict will arise. And so what are you going to do then? Just push it aside and not deal with it? Mm-hmm. At some point in time you're going to have to have some emotional intimacy, some communication about the issue that is pressing your marriage. You're going to have to. We have disagreements in marriage. It happens. We're two different people that have two different agendas at times. What I think needs to happen here is that you keep your accounts and you make it work so that each of you have some freedom within that, mm-hmm. which we've detailed earlier. Well, and, and you know the reality is, is that 
for your entire married life, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping I'm not shocking anyone, but for your entire married life, folks, um, finances are going to be a part of that equation. There's never going to be a time that money will not be a part of your marriage. So you might as well learn as early as you can on how to talk about it and how to deal with it. Because if you're just looking at the, the you know, separate accounts to avoid conflict, you're running away from a big problem in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And it will surface its head again. The finance thing will keep coming back until you're able to talk about it and work through it. It is a big, ugly beast if it doesn't get talked about. Right. It's it's just, it's going to be the big ugly, you know, and it doesn't have to be finances do not have to be the undoing of your marriage. You're two grown people. Granted, you've come from vastly different backgrounds and you have your own baggage, your own financial baggage. But the reality is, is that if you get to a point where you're able to communicate about your finances, then that just becomes an aspect of your marriage. Not the elephant in the room, just, you know, one more thing. It's like when Tony and I, and I'm going to take this back to our physical intimacy. When Tony and I were not having sex, the big elephant in the middle of our room was our sex life. Mm -hmm. We figured out how to get closer physically and how to make that just an everyday part of our marriage. We incorporated the intimacy lifestyle. We, you know, have done the seven days of sex challenge, what, four times now? Five times? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many times. You know, we figured out ways to make physical intimacy commonplace in our marriage so that it doesn't have the same overwhelming sense of pressure on what's going on between the two of us. Finances are the same way. If you figure out how to communicate about, how to get on... You know, maybe you're not exactly on the same page, but you're close enough that it's working in your marriage. Then it just takes it down to a very low level. And you can get through your daily life without having this crazy big financial elephant sitting in the middle of the table. And let's face it, folks, we have enough stressors in our marriage. There are enough things trying to tear us apart on a daily basis that you don't need your finances being one of those big uglies. So figure out how to start having those conversations. And for some of you, it's going to be really tiny little baby steps. Like you're going to have to say, I overspent on the credit card bill this month. Or you're going to have to say, we don't have money for that this month. Right. And whoever is listening on the other side of that conversation, don't get hostile with them. You need to be two grown-ups having a conversation, not one of you throwing a tantrum. It doesn't work. I've got two kids at home for the summer who are throwing tantrums on a regular basis. It doesn't work. It doesn't work when you're six and nine. It doesn't work when you're 29 or 49 or whatever. Have a conversation. Sit down and start saying, we need to talk about our finances. Yeah. And, and I got a good quote I want to read. And this, this pertains to being an entrepreneur, but I really do believe we could change the word entrepreneur out and put our marriage. 
So let me read this. And this is by Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari and Chuck E. Cheese, which I find interesting. I didn't know the guy who founded Atari also founded Chuck E. Cheese. Anyways. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Atari was good. Chuck E. Cheese, not so yeah. good. The critical ingredient in getting off your butt and doing something, it's as simple as that. A lot of people have ideas, but there are a few who decide to do something about them now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. The true entrepreneur, and we'll change that, the true marriage, you know, the true wife, the true husband in a marriage is a doer, not a dreamer. So if you want to work through your financial issues, joint, separate, whatever it may be, however it may look that works for you, you as a wife, you as a husband have to take that step and do something. You cannot just sit there. Now, Elise and I have our opinions and we have talked about them and we've discussed them and we want to hear yours below. So please chime in. OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com, episode 124. You let us know where you stand when it comes to joint or separate checking accounts Mm -hmm. for marriage, for your marriage and why. But in any instance of financial intimacy, we see people shut down quickly because they have a dream, an idea. But guess what? They don't take a step to talk about it, to, to share that dream, that idea with their spouse. Hopefully planting a seed. Is it going to take off? It might not. You know? You may have to plant a thousand seeds before it finally takes hold. But if you don't start doing it today, you are one day less in planting that seed. And you may never know. If you open your mouth, your spouse may be super receptive and is waiting and has been waiting for you to say something. Maybe they're the one who is scared and don't know how to bring it up. But it's there, just like Elisa said, it's a white elephant. And you just need to open your mouth and say something about it. Does it have to be huge? No. Do you think that first time I walked through the door and I told Elisa that she needed to start listening to Dave Ramsey so we could get out of debt that I was nervous? Sure thing. You know, but I had a dream. I had an idea, you know, that we could get out of debt together. You know, and it took that step of me just stepping out asking her to listen to it. Did it take hold that day, that night? No, it took weeks, it took months for us to finally get on the same page together and start working towards that goal of ours. So for you, take that step. You know, if you're having some issues, separate, joint, what are we doing? I wanna buy you something, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable because you're gonna know if I go to Victoria's Secret and get you something. I don't want you to know that for, for husbands, there's something about just having a special gift and knowing that your wife doesn't see where it's coming from out of the checking account. I know that cause I've been there, you know, I want to buy Elisa some cute little thong panties. I don't want her to know I got them from Victoria's secret. She'll know when she sees the bag. Okay. So figure out a way that each of you can have some money to surprise each other with that. I'm just laughing at your choice of examples. 
I always have good examples. You、though. have great examples. Thank you. You know, I forget、much. what you threw out last week in small group. It was something, something along those same lines. <laughs> Apparently, everybody knows what kind of underwear I wear. So,、um, yay. There we go. There we there go. There you go. So, folks, take some time this week. Yeah, if you're not on the same page financially, start having those conversations. Maybe you have separate accounts, but you've been thinking about having joint accounts. You know, transferring that just to really build that financial intimacy in your marriage.、Mm-hmm. Have that conversation. Maybe your, your joint account isn't going as smoothly as you would like. Don't bail on it. Have the conversation. What's not working? How can we change this so it will work? All of this, guys, this is all in your power. You can change the financial future of your marriage. But I'm going to tell you, there's a reason why when we do our small group, it's coupled with the chapter that says, Let's talk. Because the only way that you will change your financial future and how the two of you relate to money as a married couple is to talk about it、yeah. and put what you talk about, like Tony said, into action. Mm hmm. You know, it's, it's a twofold process. It's got to have communication and it's got to have action. And you've got to be willing to put aside some of your selfish desires at times for the betterment of your marriage. Because that's what's going to happen when the two of you become unified about money. Your marriage is going to get better because you're going to have one less stressor between the two of you. Yeah. And if you want to start digging into it, On a lighter level than, say, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace, pick up our book. You can get it at One Extraordinary Marriage slash Strip Down. And that's Strip Down 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. You can get it right there. We have the soft cover. You can get it on Kindle. So you can pick it up today and have it today. And you can start working on your financial intimacy as well as, which I believe is just as important. Is working on that emotional and intellectual intimacy at the same time. You guys, comment below. We want to hear what you're thinking. We want to know what you believe is best for your marriage and why when it comes to separate or joint checking accounts. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week.